0: Welcome to Live Greater, a health and wellness podcast brought to you by the University of Maryland Medical System. We put knowledge and care within reach so you have everything you need to live your life to the fullest. This episode is sponsored by the UM Spine Network. Connected to the renowned University of Maryland School of Medicine, the UM Spine Network is home to the region's leading spine experts. With convenient locations throughout the state, UM Spine Network physicians collaborate to create comprehensive care plans for patients across the full spectrum of care. When you work with a UM Spine Network physician, you can expect to receive the high quality, evidence-based care that you deserve. I'm Aileen Ellis and our topic today is about the value of having both neurosurgery and orthopedic perspectives on spine surgery. My guests are Dr. Stephen Ludwig and Dr. Clifford Solomon. Dr. Ludwig is the Chief of Spinal Surgery at the University of Maryland Medical Center and a Professor of Orthopedics at University of Maryland School of Medicine. Dr. Clifford Solomon directs the U.M. Baltimore, Washington Spine and Neuroscience Center, and he's a Clinical Assistant Professor of Neurosurgery at the University of Maryland School of Medicine. Welcome, gentlemen. Let's begin with what is the University of Maryland Spine Network. Dr. Ludwig? Sure. Uh, University
1: of Maryland Spine Network is a conglomerate of everybody in the system that practices spine surgery. So it's a combination of neurosurgically-based spine surgeons from their education, training, and upbringing, as well as orthopedic spine surgeons from, once again, their training and and upbringing with regards to their subspecialty training. But essentially, at the end of the day, what we're all on the same page about is patient safety and the delivery of the highest quality of care with regards to spine surgery for patients that come into the University of
0: Maryland And I want to start by saying that this is a topic that I'm personally really very interested in because my son, Sean, who has spina bifida, has had three spinal surgeries, and the last one in particular required both a neurosurgeon and an orthopedic surgeon. And so I am particularly interested, let's start with you, Dr. Ludwig, in how do these two medical disciplines complement each other?
1: At the end of the day, both orthopedic and neurosurgically trained spine surgeons do spine surgery. I don't necessarily think you want somebody that's not subspecialty trained in spine surgery, right? Whether or not they've entered spine surgery through the orthopedic network or background or uh, through a neurosurgical background. You want somebody that just concentrates on spine surgery. Clearly, there there are things within each realm. Um, uh, For instance, Dr. Solomon can comment on this further. But there are certain procedures that are inside the spinal cord or what we call the dura or the lining of the spinal cord or uh, nerve roots that are better uh, taken care of by the neurosurgeons. And there are other things uh, potentially that uh, would be not taken care of by the neurosurgeons. But at the end of the day, with folks that are listening, uh, want to ask their surgeon is whether or not they concentrate on spine surgery. Uh, Most of the time, it becomes irrelevant, I think, if they've been trained from their background of orthopedic or neurosurgery.
0: Dr. Solomon, maybe you can add uh, something to that, including maybe what the differences are between neuro and orthosurgery when it comes to spine treatment.
2: I think that, you know, we all went to like grade 27 of schooling, always trying to be the best we could in our class to get to medical school and residency after medical school, which is four years and another seven years of residency training thereabouts, and then fellowship training after that. So at the end of the day, both neurosurgeons and with peak spine surgeons have just a tremendous amount of experience just from time put in doing this crazy job that we have, you know, where we're trying to help people move forward in their life and, and get over their challenge and kind of go on with their life, kind of like being on a boat. And we want them to not end up on the house, but we want them to have their surgery, get off the boat, get on the other side of the land, and keep on with their life, and hopefully, it really helped them. Down at a granular level, you know, as Dr. Ludwig mentioned, if something is a tumor in the middle of the spinal cord, then that's probably going to fall under neurosurgery. Although, in my career, I have done spinal cord tumors in the cord in above where you breathe uh, with orthopedic spine because I tend to think that they do an amazing job with reconstruction and so sometimes we need to take away more bone to get to a tumor inside the covering of the spinal cord called the dura that Dr. Ludwig mentioned and so often we'll work together if need be in these complex cases And there is a sharing of the work, where we will do the work under the microscope, taking the tumor out from the spinal cord, and then they will do the reconstruction part. It's true that they could probably do our part. We could do their part. There's definitely overlap. But for the majority of things we do, we both can do them and do them well. And as they get more complicated, we tend to use each other and bounce things off each other pretty routinely. I routinely send people to Dr. Ludwig and his group who have had other surgeries at other hospitals outside the system where it's not always clear cut to me. And sometimes just having their perspective, seeing things differently than I see them is very helpful. And I think that that's what makes what we're doing as a network, what Steve really had this vision to do has really made us, I think, you know, one of the premier spine groups really in the nation uh, because of that, this kind of, there's no ego in this. We just want the patients to do well.
0: So, Dr. Ludwig, how does a patient go about finding a good surgeon given his condition or needs?
2: I think a lot
1: of what happens when people ask about who to go to for spine surgery, uh, they'll talk, of course, to friends and family members, right? That's one common thing using the Internet, right, as a means of gathering information, right, and the web-based sort of introduction to physicians. And obviously, they rely on their primary care physicians or other subspecialty folks or docs that they have seen uh, to get a sense of who they should see. I think within the University of Maryland system, every hospital within the system has very well trained, as Dr. Solomon alluded to, uh, very well trained, competent, safe, the highest quality uh, to delivery neurosurgical or orthopedically-based spine uh, surgery. To uh, the citizens of Maryland. It's really important for each of us uh, in the system to sort of leverage our expertise. Everybody has a different interest within the realm of spine surgery. Uh, Everybody has a different even subspecialty within spine surgery. And by leveraging that expertise, there's probably over 25 physicians, both orthopedic and neurosurgically trained, that uh, the citizens of, of Maryland and the mid-Atlantic area will have a choice to.
0: But now, Dr. Solomon, I would assume that, and both of you would say that don't pick somebody just because they're an ortho or a neurosurgeon. It's also uh, important to pick their training, the number of cases they may have had, the outcomes of those cases, their reputation. How do we go about assessing something like the number of cases, do we just ask the doctor, or the outcomes? That doesn't seem like something I'd find on on the internet.
2: Well, it's a good question. It kind of self-selects out. If you're not good at doing this, you probably are not going to have a lot of numbers of doing these cases. If you're super aggressive, people aren't going to come to you. Uh, You know, I always tell people the best surgery we do is none, but I really find, and I always tell people that less is more. Word of mouth is huge, and you just can't say enough about what friends, families, neighbors, coworkers say. And I would say the majority of the business that I know comes to Dr. Ludwig from me came word of mouth. Someone said to me, hey, you took care of so-and-so and so-and-so, and they know that if I'm not the right person that does that particular case, I will say, Steve, I think this would be something you would be wonderful at. Something that I love about our group is we have tremendous character as a group, as a fabric, as a tapestry, in that we really care what happens to the individuals. It's true that our numbers are out there and you can see how we do. Our ratings are out there. If you look in the internet, you can see who's conservative, you know, who has less infections, who has, you know, low mortality and morbidity. And to me, that's huge. But equally as important as that is you want a surgeon you can talk to who is going to explain things not in jargon, but really in a language that you can understand. And you want surgeons and other providers that work with the surgeons that are really going to work with you as a team, meaning, you know, it's great when everything works out perfectly, but what really tests your mettle is when things aren't perfect, and how you deal with that, and I know personally with Dr. Ludwig and with the neurosurgeons and with peak spine surgeons, we work well if we have a problem, we all talk to each other and say, "Hey, how would you go about this? this is something I've never seen before, and I've done this for you know thirty years, and that attitude permeates the system, and that is not something you see. Routinely. But what I love is that our group has a huge heart, and I think that goes a long way.
1: I just wanted to add to what Dr. Solomon was saying. At University of Maryland, our system meets bi monthly. And as Cliff alluded to, there is somebody in the system amongst the 25 plus of us that do spine surgery that can help take care of any particular problem. And through the common communications, through our bi monthly meetings, through evaluations, of our quality-based metrics, our length of stays, any complications, for instance, surgical site infection rates, we have a great understanding of, you know, the quality that we deliver and we're very confident in that. I think with regards to common um, disorders that we all treat, I think at the end of the day, mostly they're degenerative conditions of the cervical spine and, and lumbar spine. I think every hospital in the University of Maryland system that does spine surgery uh, treats the majority of, uh, of those types of disorders. And then over, uh, you know, over those, we all see uh, tumors of the spine, both primary tumors and metastatic, traumatic injuries of the spine we all see, and spinal deformities. And I think, as Dr. Solomon alluded to before, we do a fair amount of, throughout the system, of revision work, right, surgical procedures that are done not only for the second time around, but fixing other issues that may erupt uh, as a result of their previous surgeries or new problems that erupt that are true, but uh, unrelated to their previous procedure. We see the full gamut of not only adults, but we also see pediatric cases as well.
0: And I would assume that this means that you're referring now to probably the more highly advanced procedures that the UM Spine Network does?
1: Well, we not only do bread and butter types of procedures, but we do very complex adult reconstructive procedures as uh, Dr. Solomon alluded to. And that's really the beauty of the system. We can work together, we can vet out cases. We often meet bimonthly and talk about more complex cases and issues that occur as a result of those cases to bring a higher level of safety and quality to the network. But we can also talk amongst ourselves to find a better solution for patients with spinal
0: problems. And finally, gentlemen, if you would tell me, how large is the UM spine network? Would I have to go to Baltimore or could I go somewhere else in Maryland? We
2: can address all the different hospitals we've got in the system from Easton up to upper Chesapeake, Baltimore City, and Arundel County with University of Maryland, BWMC, where I spend most of my time, Charles Regional, St. Joe's, of course. You could most
1: likely find somebody As Dr. Solomon alluded to, in almost every county, right, we're accessible
2: to the delivery of care.
0: Thank you both very much. Is there anything either one of you would like to add?
2: We really are constantly self examining our processes to be high tech, no question, and high touch, no question. But we are looking at our own processes like wound infections, like take back to the operating room. I love the fact that we all look at each other's work. We don't, we de-identify doctors. So when we look at our data, if somebody's having a challenge, we kind of say, hey, what's going on? And that's something that you do not see routinely in medicine today. We should, and I would like to think that Steve's really kind of set the bar high that we're all doing that, and we all buy into this concept that we don't make widgets. These are people's lives that are in our hands, and we're very humble about that, thank God, every day that 99.9% of these folks wake up and do fine. But, you know, I love that we care as a group that the mentality is the patient comes first.
0: Thank you both for being here today. Dr. Stephen Ludwig is the Chief of Spine Surgery at the University of Maryland Medical Center. And Dr. Clifford Solomon directs the UM Baltimore Washington Spine and Neuroscience Center. I'm Aileen Ellis. To learn more about the UM Spine Network, go to this website, umms.org forward slash spine. Thank you for listening to Live Greater, a health and wellness podcast brought to you by the University of Maryland Medical System. We look forward to you joining us again.